Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Colon, a fantasy football podcast, part of the Fake Teams podcast channel. I am the rom-com aficionado, Damian Harris, truther, and say Christian McCaffrey would go a thousand and a thousand before it was cool. Your humble host, Pete Rogers. And I am joined by all of the guys. We have the champion of Doggos Everywhere. You heard it here first. And pro- proponent for a Jon Snow hair product line, resident old man Clark Barnes, the captain of the Buccaneers bandwagon, proud father of Quentin Nelson, and ring bearer at Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick's wedding, the weatherman Jordan Smith, and finally, fantasy football's premier internet doctor, Larry Fitzgerald's loan admonisher, and the number two Walter Sobchak, but the number one Tarzan, the ginger normal man, Nick Botterford. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing great, Pete. Good, man. Excellent. Excellent. How was everyone's Thanksgiving? Did you uh, manage to come away with not only delightful memories, but mass quantities of turkey and other good uh, uh, Thanksgiving Day meals? It was my first year being reclusive and not attending all of my various. So I have a ton of family in the Seattle area. Like Humble my parents divorced when I was young, and oh, so they have. I have sometimes like three or four Thanksgivings and this year I was just like, no, nope, I'm hanging out with my grandma for a little bit. And then I'm doing my thing with my girlfriend and that is it. I am nice. taking a me day. That it is was a, awesome. That's a good Thanksgiving right there. Yeah. Rather uneventful. Got to hang out with the family, enjoyed it. And uh, fortunately no news to report. So that's always a good family gathering. Always a positive family gathering. I just hung out in the DMV. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll be going like home for Christmas and then to my girlfriend's family in California at the same time. So uh, we're just like not leaving the area for Thanksgiving to turn around and do it in like two weeks. So That's fair. Yeah, it does feel like a lot when they come pretty much, I mean, a month apart. And I went back to Boston for my fam's Thanksgiving, which was... Uh, a big whole ordeal that side it's my favorite holiday but that side we celebrate it's like 45 to 60 of us um and we were doing unlike clark there's lots of reports from this primarily the fact that i learned that bread rolls can be used as weapons and can hurt when they're thrown at you um so thanks shout out to my mother who was chucking bread rolls at me during thanksgiving the oracle the oracle should, yeah the oracle got violent <clears throat> we should take a moment to acknowledge though did you guys ever I, this actually came up uh over thanksgiving time uh with my family um like you know the, the day after or whatever uh where we were discussing russell wilson's old uh fun endeavor were you guys familiar with the company that he temporarily was sponsored by the the like bread roll company no made, i just knew about they, his body curing bubbles Right. Yeah. So go look this up. No joke. He he partnered with a bread roll company called Eat the Ball, and <laughs> it, <laughs> it it is little footballs. Oh hell yes! And you can find the footage of them filming a commercial for it, oh and like it, it is it is excruciatingly uncomfortable. The guy who like owns the company is trying to be very like buddy buddy with him. Oh, he is no. not into it. It is super bad. But yeah. Anyway, if you need a uh, frozen bread balls from Safeway. Go look for eating the ball. I'm just surprised that you make the distinction to call them bread rolls because we always just say that like, that's just a roll. That's true. Well, we just, yeah. yeah. But you got your lobster rolls up there. Yeah, yeah, you got all kinds of rolls out there. (laughs) Got all kinds back on the East Coast. Uh, That is a brilliant story that Russell Wilson what a what an attempt to do something clever and creative with a long stable by turning it into a football and having it just fail miserably. Go work, Russ. You do you. 
I hope he talks about it today in the post game uh, after Monday Night Football. That'd be good. Uh, let's just jump right into uh, week. What are we? Thirteen fantasy MVPs. Jordan, why don't you start us off? Who's your fantasy MVP for week thirteen? Uh, my fantasy MVP for week thirteen. I didn't know we were doing fantasy MVPs. I thought we were going to the awards. Um, skip me. Go to somebody else. Okay. Clark, take over. Uh, in honor of Lamar Jackson not having his finest game, I would like to take this opportunity to celebrate the real fantasy MVPs out there, the commissioners who run these leagues and put up with a bunch of grown people's bullshit for absolutely nothing to all the good commissioners out there you're the real mvps thank you for all your hard work well said i thought you were going to go with deshaun watson and and make this a really awkward moment in the podcast where i have to face you after the texans take down the patriots i was gonna make you bring it up savagery at its finest mission accomplished yeah well well done your mind manipulation is at an all-time high clark um i well i just want to echo clark's point i I think that that's astounding uh astoundingly uh, astute a good commissioner can make a league and a bad commissioner can break it and it it i mean it it impacts you for months you know uh so yes props to all the good ones out there uh shame to all of the bad ones um my MVP, though, for Week 13 is Devontae Parker. Entering Monday night, he's the overall wide receiver one in scoring this week in half-point PPR. Uh, it's a breakout that some of us saw many years ago, and then everyone saw a couple years ago, has finally occurred. It is amazing. Uh, he's still not – he's, like, barely being started in over 50% of the leagues. I don't get it. But the dude's the real deal, and he has the perfect friggin' quarterback. I wish that this was, you know, like – six years ago so we could get a a, a slightly more spry so Ryan saucy. Fitzpatrick you know what I mean like it, yeah like Fitz was never going to be a a phenomenal quarterback but if we could have gotten hit them in 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 his prime together and gotten them in a system of like you know what interceptions let's not worry about it <laughs> like, like let's like, just like, keep checking Bruce it Arians was coaching the team you know like it just some big like downfield uh, aerial attack it just would have been so much fun but you know take what we uh can get now while we watch this ups team just launch bombs to a good receiver anyway yeah Devontae parker yeah fitz magic is my mvp because not only did he have a big week he was the qb3 as of uh when we're recording this but he yeah. turned Devontae parker into the wide receiver one this year or this week this year we, one can only hope but uh but yeah that that uh Devontae Parker has been a beautiful emergence this season. One of my uh, worst takes, and I want to preference this because we're going to probably brag about some really good takes that we have for this season. But one of my worst takes ever was back in that Devontae Parker draft. I thought he was the best receiver in that draft class. And that draft class had Amari Cooper. So I'm really, really glad that he's having a, a good time out there. But I'm also very worried that this is how he tricks one team into giving him like 50 million guaranteed and then reverts back to oh, and uh, under tricks, 900 yards a year. <laughs> and tricks all of us into drafting him like in the fourth round as a wide receiver too. Yeah, I was thinking about his <laughs> ADP the other day. It's going to be nuts. But I think they've got him. Uh, I think Roto World, their pod that came out last night, uh, said that he has another year on his deal and it's $5 million. So like they're going to be able to get a long look at him for a very cheap amount of money. I hope it's it's awesome and that it's just it just took like a good coach to finally coax whatever that talent that was very evident there out mm-hmm. of him. I just like to think back to my day when uh, players had time to develop and it was normal for like the third year to be the good year that wide receivers happened. So I'm not saying that Devontae Parker has hit his stride and he's going to lead the league constantly, but I do like to give people a little time to develop uh, – so yeah, we'll we'll talk more about Devonte later. Yeah, that that timeline has drastically accelerated in the NFL as to when people should expect you to uh, to be ready to go. Jordan, do you have a uh, fantasy MVP? Speaking of being ready to go, I do. I'm super ready right now. Um, <laughs> fantasy MVP for the week, Mister Darius Geis. Yeah, um, baby. Yeah, yeah baby. Really I was off by a week. Suck it, Nick. <laughs> 
you can't really expect much out of this Washington offense. Even like Terry McLaurin has taken a step back since uh, Dwayne Haskins took over as quarterback, but he had 10 carries for 129 yards and two touchdowns yesterday. Uh, you kind of feel like that's a little bit of a blip just based on his yards per carry. He wasn't ripping off 12 yards with every run he got, but it was pretty cool to see him um, actually produce like that. And yeah, he almost cost me an L. So I'm going to give him the MVP and show him some respect for this week. Yes. I very much support that. And it's just, it's just, we love feel good stories on this podcast and watching him after all the injuries that he's, he's had to overcome, uh, get onto the field and score two touchdowns. It just brings joy to my heart. Warms up perfect time for the holidays. All right, well, we're going to move on, and we have a very special show for you all today. And as such, we uh, don't have time for our usual fantasy football tidbits. There's an award show for us to get to, and that is why we are all dressed in our finest black ties and tails. Uh, You can't see it, but just close your eyes and imagine that that's what we are wearing. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome you to the 2019 Fantasy Football Awards for the Year show, also known as the farties. All right, we have a bunch of awards to hand out. We each have a winner for these awards, and I want to I want to give credit where credit is due. This award ceremony uh, is a collaborative effort amongst all of us. We had uh, Clark chiming in with some of the phrasing for how these awards will be read. Jordan coming up with some of the awards himself. Myself contributing with the awards, and Nick. So let's start. Award number one, we have the Hang In There Award brought to you by Amazon and that poster at your local dentist's office with the cat hanging on to a branch with just one paw. This award recognizes your stubbornness turned that bad pick that you should have dropped long, long ago into the I knew it all along ego stroke you so desperately need. Clark, let's start with you. Who is your winner for this uh, prestigious award? So this man is a favorite of the podcast. I know we've all supported him all year. It's tight end for the Minnesota Vikings, Kyle Rudolph. (laughs) I knew that he was going to be that wonderful middle of the road pick all season uh, after scoring fewer than two points in every week (laughs) until week six. Kyle Rudolph has scored eight or more points in the next four out of five weeks, averaging nine and a half points in that stretch. Past five weeks, he's about the tight end six. Uh, so I was wrong about many, many things, and some would argue that I am still wrong about uh, Kyle Rudolph, but I'm going to take a uh, mini, not victory lap, but like little princess die hand wave to the crowd for sort of being okay in the ballpark about Kyle Rudolph. It's, yeah, it's, that's a very good pick, Clark. Uh, I think that you did a really good job diagnosing how good this player is that I think is terrible, and uh Bravo, sir. I'm looking at his stats now. Oh, this this um, was a completely situation and not the player. So I think that you were definitely right on the player. Uh, and I don't know if we're doing mea culpa tonight, but we should so that I can round it out. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so you can correct the balances in the force. Yeah, in a season of tight ends where, you know, Gronk is gone, uh, Travis Kelsey lost Patrick Mahomes for a while. Zach Ertz, his quarterback is still Carson Wentz. It's you just really needed like some consistency at the position. And you know, it's it, he's not blowing the doors off by any means, but tight end six the past couple of weeks is good enough. Yeah, that's legit. And someone who is readily available on waivers. So you could have gone at it for complete free. And now is a benefit to your team as you head into the fantasy playoffs. Nick, do you have a rebuttal? Who is your hang in there award for 2019? Yeah. Um, so I think I speak for everyone when I say that the answer should unanimously have been Duke Johnson Jr., but um, we didn't get to experience that. So that was really too bad. But for me, it's, uh, it's Leonard Burnett. And I know that he obviously did not take anywhere near as long as Monte Parker to truly, uh, like, really come into his own as a, a you know dual threat player. Not that Parker's that, but you get what I'm saying. Um, you know, he just had his down year uh, last year, and there were a lot of uh, injury concerns with him. But I was pounding the table for like this 
he actually is in the best shape of his life and he actually is being used differently. And John DiPolipo threw on first down to running backs more than any other team in the league when he was running the Eagles offense. Um, that they're, you know, the, the table was set for a big year. Now the touchdown regression, unfortunately hasn't hit, but you know what, that, that's just such a big variable. Uh, you follow the yardage and the, the catching production and the dude's got both. And it's, it's been cool to watch him, uh, come into his own here. <laughs> Chris Carson just got knocked out by Jacob Hollister. Oy. Yeah, he's a good, he's a great pick too, because with running backs of that pedigree, it's so easy when, you know, in terms of where you drafted them, it's so easy three, four weeks in to be like, okay, this guy's not producing. I'm going to sell him. I'm going to try to sell and, you know, try to recuperate something. And if you've hold, held on to him this long and then he starts, pl- you know, playing well and you're able to benefit from him, that's, you know, that's a testament to you as a fantasy owner to be patient and to let your team develop before uh, making rash moves. This won't be the last award that Leonard Fournette gets tonight. He's going to be cleaning up at the parties, but Ooh. yeah, love, love the pick for a guy that you should just should have hold, held on to. Yeah, Nick, first of all, you're like 15 seconds ahead of me on the broadcast, so please keep that in mind. Don't spoil <laughs> things for me. Uh, yeah, the I, I rail against the Jaguars not being good, and they have continued to not be good. Uh, but Fournette has proven relatively durable this year, and folks that you know were just pounding the table, taking him in the second, third round this year have been duly rewarded. So that was a really nice call. Jordan, who's your uh, nominee slash winner for this award? Really, winner for this uh, award. So my personal winner for this award would have looked better a week ago, but he was fine this week. Um, is Sam Darnold. I talked about him a little bit last week. Uh, he was It was a tough beat if you picked up Sam Darnold hoping for that second-year leap and then you suffered through five weeks of mono. And then the New England game looked like, oh, shit, maybe he should go back on IR and have mono for the rest of the season. <laughs> um, but he he had been solid otherwise since then. And um, I think he's provided some pretty solid quarterback play, especially when you look around the league. And there's been some in- instances where on other teams there isn't quite as much consistency. You think of um, the Jaguars we just talked about um, the Panthers where Kyle Allen looks good and then suddenly he doesn't and like the Broncos they've had their issues alone but um Sand Arnold has been pretty solid he's a young quarterback you hope that continues next year uh and I hope he thrives in spite of Adam Gase that's still hard to determine but hopefully he takes another leap next year there's still some more to look forward to with him given that uh uh you know they've got my, uh, they've got Miami uh, this week. After that, you're probably going to have to dump him to the bench because he's got Baltimore and, and, and Pittsburgh on the way. But uh, it, he is so good, and I yeah, I, I echo your sentiments, uh, Jordan. I, I really hope that he does not get broken by Adam Gase. Yeah. I think he is in prime position to win this award next year. Ooh, maybe a repeat. If he does well, bad next year, just wait for him. And then in a couple seasons, he'll be on the Tennessee Titans and start doing really well. It's going to replace Phillip Rivers in a few years. Right. That's how it goes for AFC East quarterbacks. They just end up on the Titans and then play really well. Sorry. My my winner for this award, we already talked to him. I have to do it. I wish that it was AJ Green. I wish that AJ Green had gotten this award because God damn it, I held on to him for as long as I could on my bench hoping that he was going to come back and uh, make a glorious return for the Bengals. But it shall not be. Instead, Darius Geis held him through injury, had him on my bench for this entire period where it's, will he play? Won't he play? What can he do when he comes back for Washington? And then the last three weeks, he's cemented himself as that future running back for the team. He's supplanted Adrian Peterson, and I had him as a starter this week, and I benefited greatly. He gave me everything I wanted. So, Darius Geis, I hung in there, you hung in there, and now we are benefiting together. Yeah, completely related. Jordan, my nephew lost it uh, when I brought up the Washington breadsticks. So, fantastic branding. Nice. That's the only Redskins talk I have. Go, Geis. it's, It's tough. Because I've, I've wanted him to be good, and I've been there with you saying that he is good, but the future looks so bleak for Washington. 
I don't know. As the NFL, things can turn around quickly, but Geis looks like he is a very talented player. Yeah. And just holding on to him. Yeah. I, I'm not going to be optimistic that he repeats this performance. He, maybe he can do – I mean, Carolina's run defense is bad. It's um, garbage. It's really bad. Green Bay is like so-so. The Philadelphia is going to be friggin' brutal in week 15. I, I don't I mean, and what are they doing playing him? Like, I, I understand that you need to develop a guy, but the dude is that he had three surgeries to clear up his surgery in the offseason. He had to have another one in season. You're not playing for anything. Get your your talented young player just healthy. Just let him rehab. Why are you? Why is he on the? Uh, just this friggin' organization. It's so stupid. It's true. Breadstick's That's gonna the, breadstick. Breadstick on breadstick. That's the thing about Washington too. Is that on offense and defense, it always seems like they just they get some pretty talented players. Like they got good pieces now on offense. Like uh, guys, McLaurin. Uh, even Kelvin Harmon has started to get some playing time and has looked pretty decent, but it's like, you're kind of like, who cares because it's Washington and they're probably going to figure out a way to ruin these players anyway. All right. Well, there you go. Award number one in the books. And now we move on to our second award for the evening. The kid vomiting on a six flags roller coaster award given to the player who flung you up, down, all around with his every volatile game. Nick, we'll start with you. Who is your winner for this award this year? Um, for me, it's Latavius Murray. Uh, entering the season, I really thought that he was going to be much more of a Mark Ingram than than not. And all he has been this thus far, really, uh, at least box score wise, is just a a really really good handcuff. And that I, I thought this was this dude was like an every week flex option, almost regardless of matchup. Uh, obviously that is not the case and all of the teams that I dropped that I had him on, I dropped him long ago. He's a perfect example of just the kind of like he would have big games and then you're like, great. Now he's going to be my starting lineup. And then he would just give you utter duds. So you're like, okay, okay, okay. I'll take him out of my starting lineup. And then of course, as soon as he gets on your bench, he gives you big games. And in that situation, I always find it's just best to be like, you know what? I'm going to move on. I'm going to replace you with someone who's maybe doesn't have the, your ceilings, but at least just has a uh, pretty consistent floor. You're uh, someone who has a second story floor as opposed to a basement floor. Yeah. I've been really surprised that the running back touchdowns in new Orleans have just vanished. Yeah. Uh, Terrible year for Kamara. Honestly, there's more on that to come. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Stay tuned. Yes. Stay tuned for more awards. Jordan, who's your uh, child vomiting on a Six Flags roller coaster award going to tonight? Um, so this biggest roller coaster player should be playing tonight, but guess what? He's not. It's Adam Thielen. Um, he when he's played, he's been elite. He's been really good despite the early season, like that three weeks to a month when Kirk Cousins was throwing ducks and throwing nine times a game all of which were ducks anyway um but like the injuries and the will he won't he uh playing status before the game game time decision oh he gets out there against Kansas City now he he plays for like nine snaps and re-injures himself so that has just been a roller coaster for anybody who picked him to be the wide receiver one and it's just been it's been a tough look, not because he just sucked. It's just you never know week in and week out whether or not he's going to play, and that's just really annoying. And you can't trade a guy like that because everybody else is looking at the same shit like, oh, is he actually going to play? Yeah, that's a good one. I've always been uh, way lower. I, I actually almost considered uh, feeling as being someone that I need to apologize for because I like he's so outrageously talented, but I'm just such a non-believer in the passing game options in this offense because of the way that the team is run that um Thielen was just on my like do not draft list as was Diggs um he's yeah it overall it's just a damn bummer yeah because you're right Jordan when he's been on the field and healthy I mean he's one of the best fantasy options out there at receiver and so just the health factor has really kind of brought him down this year and has killed you and and the and like the fickleness of his health, where it's like he's had a hamstring nagging hamstring injury for like the last three weeks, and you're and just kind of suddenly was like, oh, by the way, he's not playing Monday night. And you're like, oh, great, thank you, thanks for telling me that on a Sunday after my lineup is set and everyone's played. 
Great job, Vikings. My winner for this award uh, is another wide receiver, one who I thought would be the universal pick for this, but he has not been so far. I got to give it to Mike Evans, who has been almost the definition of a roller coaster. I, he's had some very high highs, but he's also given you just absolutely nothing. Uh, he's And I have it all in front of me. I have PPR stats rounded to the nearest uh, single digit. 5, 10, 45, 19, 0, 20, 43, 36, 12, and 10, 9, 9. Which you have a, like, you have one zero in there. You got a five and a couple nines and a 10. It's more so to me that Mike Evans will either give you massive games or give you eh games. And that's not what I look for as a wide receiver one. I want my wide receiver one to give me a baseline, very high level. Uh, and Mike Evans wouldn't, isn't doing that at a consistent basis that you can trust. And so I think he's flung any owner around plenty enough to uh, make you have a, uh, a stomach lurch. Yeah. So in my two leagues of record, I have Mike Evans at the beginning of the year. I was touting Mike Evans as amazing. And uh, he is the wide receiver three. Uh, so, so that's great. But this, he is kind of the poster child for this award. Uh, he hasn't been bad. And I think the swings at the beginning of the year have, corrupted my thinking into thinking that he's just doing great or horribly he's evened out a little bit but the zero the zero the is hard to ignore are are real tough and he's just had uh you know a string of games here with fewer than 10 points in espn scoring and for the number three wide receiver to be giving you that is is just disappointing so i, I like the pick yeah, I I I, I got to push back on here. I mean, he's been remarkably consistent, and and like if we're in any sort of modern uh, half point PBR or PBR scoring, like four four balls per game, uh, for four games straight, and you know prior to that, like double digit catches, um, I will not be poo pooing the overall wide receiver three in in fantasy. Zero. So shame on you guys. A zero, a literal a, a zero. three <laughs> in scoring. I can't agree that he's like been uh, just utter disappointment. But in the nature of the, I never said this is an utter disappointment award. award. We got a different award for that. that like earlier in the season, it was pretty much like, well shit mike are you gonna give me 25 points this week or are you gonna give me a goose egg like that's pretty pretty tough to gauge so you really had to hope you had a second wide receiver that could split the difference there yeah this isn't the most disappointing award we have that coming this is the most volatile it's the roller coaster which the roller, roller coasters coaster. are fun Right. You enjoy the roller coaster. You ride the roller coaster. It takes you pretty high, but it also drops you pretty low, sometimes even below the earth. It's a really cool roller coaster with a tunnel built into it. Clark, who's your. Sometimes uh, you your <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you get hit by a bird. Clark, who's your winner for this uh, award? Uh, this one will be short. Uh, Jordan mentioned them earlier. Just the Jets. Fuck the Jets. <laughs> they have. I kept playing with fire in the Jets this year, thinking I was going to be able to crack the code, and it has just been miserable for me to try to ugh, the Jets. I just picked the Jets. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell and like matchup wise, Ryan Griffin have really only been the the piece. Well, and, and actually, Jameson Crowder. But anyway, but even then, all fuck, those guys have had Jets. like highs and lows, and been very hard to gauge what this offense is going to look like on a regular basis. Yeah, by the way, I'm going to – I gave you my disappointment question, not the other answer. So I'll have a different answer for you later. Just spitball it. (laughs) Just fuck Latavius Murray. (laughs) Not really, but I am really frustrated. To add to the Jets' take, even the defense has been incredibly up and down. Like sometimes they'll actually give you good games where you're like, (laughs) maybe I should kick up the Jets. But then Perfect. in other games, you're like, oh, this is dumb. Like, they have games literally of 19 and a half points, 15 against New England somehow, uh, 19, 12 and a half, 16. Like, they put together some pretty decent games that makes you makes them the position rank seven on defenses, according to ESPN. But, yeah, they've been incredibly up and down everywhere. Yeah. 
I know, I know everyone cares about my fantasy team. I need Stefan Diggs and uh, DK Metcalf to do nothing tonight. And then I'm in the playoffs in my big money league. So fingers crossed. Fingers Both crossed. NFL.com tells me Stefan Diggs took a jet sweep for 27 yards. But yes, I need fewer than like 23 points in PPR. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, let's move on to award number three, the Toyota Tundra Best Pickup Award, brought to you by Toyota and Frito Pie. Uh, this award recognizes the best waiver wire pickup of the 2019 season. Now, uh, you can take this in two different ways. You can take this as the best waiver wire pickup in general for fantasy football or for your own personal self. Which waiver wire pickup are you most proud of or most happy with? Jordan, we'll start with you. Who's your winner for this award this year? Oh man, where where do I start? Where to begin? Um, my award, you know what? Since Clark did uh, Jets by committee, basically here, I feel much better about what I have jotted down here. My uh, best waiver wire ad has been tight end by committee, and it starts out with my boy Will Disley early on in the season, putting up numbers. Got a good couple games out of him. Uh, got a couple good games out of Darren Fells for the Houston Texans. Um, following that up with another couple of good games out of Ryan Griffin, who had been solid. And then this past week is the only week, but he's going to get a little bit of shine here. And that's Tyler Higby for the Los Angeles Rams. I almost said St. Louis who garnered 10 targets somehow. Um, so yeah, shout out to all the, uh, the, the tight ends that weren't starters week in and week out, but they came in and, they did their duty. It's a big, a big award for the tight end position, fantasy football, which has often been ridiculed and critiqued. This is a big moment for them. They really peaked. Good job, Jordan. If you played it out right, then you had some solid tight end play all year. You yeah. know, those guys at their highs were all giving you pretty solid production. Tight end five or better, I would think. Poor Disley. Gosh, did Seattle could, could just get a tight end? That can tie your shoes and stay healthy for 16 games and be the tight end three. 25 yards and two touchdowns. My waiver wire pickup of the year is Devontae Parker for all the reasons that we already touched on. Uh, dude is, and we called it. And we called yeah. it. Uh, the guy is a uh, – he's a wide receiver one every week, regardless of matchup. Like, I, Who knew? Simple. If he's in your league, go get him and then start him right friggin' now. Uh, I'd go double check his schedule again, but I, I don't think that there's anything uh, terribly in his in his path. They might um, have one more against the Patriots? Question mark. But that only uh, matters for no, Brian dude. Fitzpatrick. It doesn't matter for him. It's true. No, but so they have they have the Jets, the Giants, and the Bengals. Like, oh, can you draw up a better Devontae's about to just go off. Yeah, I can um, already picture myself in March trying to pick up Devonte parker and all my dynasty it, leagues just every dynasty offering league. up a couple draft picks like hey let me let me get this Devonte parker real quick <laughs> here take Todd anybody, Gurley. anyone who held Devonte parker in a dynasty league at this point is never letting him go yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah parker is my ad as well i picked him up twice and uh moved him for mike evans and not straight up but as a package deal for mike evans uh Every week Mike Evans does well. I feel like that was a great move. The past couple of weeks, I've really missed old old Parker on my team. Uh, talented, playing big with a quarterback that gives you an opportunity to to win those jump balls. So it's good to see him. Good to see him playing well after at least according to fantasy Twitter. I, when players don't do something wrong but just catch a bunch of flack from fantasy Twitter, I really like to see them perform well. They probably don't care, but it's a nice story. Yeah, we're all about nice stories on the pod. My uh, my winner for this award for the best pickup award, DJ Chark, who went undrafted in probably every single league out there, unless you played with some super diehard Jaguars fan, and now is the wide receiver five in fantasy, and has just been great this season, regardless of whatever quarterbacks back there. And now Gardner Minshew's back, baby, which means DJ Chark is going to be even better. Um, so I I got him in one of my leagues and uh, was very happy about that. I'm loving watching Shark play on my most hated team with with the mustache, Gardner Minshew. Uh, glad the Jags have come back to their senses. 
and put the more exciting Minshew in there because uh, we all know the Jaguars aren't good at football, but they're a lot more fun to watch with old Minshew in there. Oh, hell yeah. We got three more awards to get to, but before we do, we're going to take a quick advertisement break because uh, this award show does not pay for itself. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back, and now we are into our Final three awards for the 2019 fantasy football season. We'll start with the Dennis Green Hitting Expectations Award. This award is given to a player who proved that they were exactly who we thought they were. And I'll start us off this round, and I will say my winner for this award is Damian Williams, who we spent most of this podcast kind of ridiculing and and talking about how he was not worth a second round pick you know he was like going as a wide receiver as a running back one like a top 12 running back which is not at all what he should have been going and we had said that and he has missed three games this season and yet is still running back 44 non-PPR running back 43 uh, and has only scored over 20 PPR points once he's exactly who I thought he'd be which is a middling running back in fantasy not at all living up to the expectations that people had to, on him. So, Damian Williams, uh, congratulations on being exactly who we thought you were. I like it, Pete. Uh, I had forgotten about him. So, proves your point. So, yeah, I, I was so torn on him. So, I didn't like him as a like a first or second round pick, but third round, I was like, oh my god, hell yeah, give me this guy in every draft. But that being said, something we did talk about very briefly in like July when we were breaking this down was there's a very prominent, uh, like globally known high stakes player named Nelson Souza. And one of the things that he lives by is that the following season, he does not draft a running back who has been like kind of a journeyman and breaks out due to injury on a new team. And it's this whole thing of like, you know, they, they couldn't get it done where they were. They couldn't get it done in the new place. They just happened to get the job because of an injury. And now, or well, I guess in that case, it was a suspension, but you get the point. He didn't win the job. He was, it was given to him in a very good offense. Um, yeah. And he just doesn't touch those, those players. And I, I think it's super fascinating. I'm, I'm going to keep that in mind as I, as I move forward and, and try to learn, uh, learn from this lesson. Cause I definitely was like third round. Yeah. Give me Damian Williams. Yeah, this is an instance of looking at, yes, the offense is really good, but so are the players. Um, I think we all got a little bit trigger happy on the waiver wire early in the season, trying to snag up some uh, Kansas City wide receivers as well once um, Tyreek Hill got injured. But um, yeah, those guys aren't as good as Tyreek Hill or Kareem Hunt. Otherwise, they would have been in that position long before this season because of injury. So yeah, Damian Williams was a tough break if you drafted him super early. Yeah. Uh, another fantasy update for everyone really concerned here. Both people who I need to not do well have been stopped at like the three yard line. So, so yeah. far so good. To be Happy boy. Well, I do keep continue Clark. Give us your winner for this award for the hitting expectations award. Uh, this was this was pretty obvious, uh, but Travis Kelsey, he was just obviously the tight end one, and the performance hasn't been lights out, smashing, unbelievable, but the tight end landscape is barren, like we said it was at the beginning of the year, and Travis Kelsey was drafted as the tight end one and is the tight end one. He hasn't had as big of a year, but uh, if someone told me, hey, uh, with the 11th pick in the draft, you can get the tight end one guaranteed, I would... I'd take that instead of taking the chance on uh, AJ Green or Julio or someone who has who's been a, a little bit more perplexing this year. So boring, but safe, the old Travis Kelsey. 
That's a good one. Clark, you uh, still watching that stream? Yes. <laughs> okay. um, just checking. Oh no. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I dig your I dig your uh, your Travis Kelsey take. Nick, what's your uh, winner for this award? My winner for this award is uh, is Joe Mixon. Uh, it's not necessarily a talent thing. I don't like him all as a person, um, but the the situation that he was in was just so bad. Like their their line had begun to improve. It was the jury was out on Zach Taylor, uh, but then their line exploded with injuries, and we suddenly it was like, oh my god, what, how how are they going to use this? You know, one how how is the coach going to use him? But two, how are they going to be able to use him? Like it's something like. 80% of rushing yards are gained by is determined by how many people are in the box. Uh, but offensive line is, is a big factor in a lot of those situations as well. Um, with, with no offensive line, how is he ever going to succeed? So anyway, he was, he was going off the round, uh, off the board at like the beginning of the second round. And I, I helped a number of people put together their draft boards and just in each one of them just had a big red line through his name that do not draft. Um, so yeah, he is who I thought he is. Yeah, that's a good call. I wasn't down on Mixon uh, this year. If I, you know, I've looked back at my old ranks for this, uh, but I wasn't as high as him as a lot of other folks were. So I just ended up not getting him. Uh, that sometimes you want to. It's hard to balance drafting the person versus the situation. Uh, but sometimes we just nail the situation. The Bengals are bad, mm-hmm. and they got worse as the year went on. So really good call on Mixon. Jordan, wrap us up on this award. Who's your uh, winner? Oh, my winner, I'm going to kind of cheat because I want to do a whole team thing again, but it's going, and I was going to take this entire time to talk about um, Lamar Jackson because guess what? Was right about that one, but I mean, that's not a novel idea anymore. I want to talk about Baker Mayfield a little bit. Um, Everybody was, well, not everybody, that's not fair. A lot of pundits, and if you were just watching standard sports media a lot of people in the offseason were talking about how the Cleveland Browns were the best collection of talent in the AFC that they're going to run through possible uh, AFC conference championships but in the beginning of the season I said you know what I'm still not buying it they don't have an offensive line Uh, we've seen this like a million times before where good teams uh, are put together with the skill position players and the weapons and it doesn't always pan out especially right away there's usually a little bit of a learning curve here and um i I think baker especially early on the season was not what you expected him to be he only has one multi-touchdown or one three touchdown game and two two touchdown games and those happened in the last couple weeks here um, other than that, it's been a little bit tough to see him as an every week starter. And um, that's just been a product of a team that I think they buckled a little bit under the high expectations. But I, I, even I overestimated how well they did. I thought they'd still be a nine win team, but they've been even worse than that. So um, the Cleveland Browns, I'm sorry if you invested a whole lot in them other than like Nick Chubb. And Jarvis Landry has been fine, but everywhere else has been a struggle. Yeah. No, this is, I mean, props to you for staying away from them. I got lured in hardcore. I was roped into the, uh, to the off season narratives to what they were able to do last at the end of last season and thinking that Freddie kitchens was the answer and knew what he was doing. All of this has been lies. Uh, and so I had to sell my, Odell shares. I had to sell my Baker Mayfield shares. I still have my Nick Chubb shares, but, uh, but yeah, I had to separate myself from the Browns offense after buying way too much of it. So props to you for being able to be like, you know what? No, that's not the, those aren't my expectations for it. And then staying away from them. You deserve, you deserve to hand out that award to them, Jordan. Well done. Yeah. I like that pick. Nothing to add, but that that's a good one. All right, let's move on to our second to last award. And now we are getting to the big awards everyone you know you sit through best makeup and you sit through best sound and you sit through all of these and now we're getting to best picture and best supporting actor 
Those are the two awards that everyone comes for. No one cares about leads. They only care about supporting roles and who won Best Picture. We are going to start with the Billy Carter Westworld Season 2 Every Adam Sandler Movie Not Named Happy Gilmore Award. This honor is bestowed upon the player who has most disappointed you this year. And uh, Clark, we'll start with you on this one. Who is the winner for this award? Alvin Kamara has just absolutely killed my soul this year. He has been injured and good enough to start, and but just not what we expected him to be. Oh man, it's just been a rough year for Kamara, and he is definitely my biggest my dis- biggest disappointment. So I want to just springboard off what Clark's saying and kind of make this a larger discussion here. So my my other answer for the the two the the like who is you know uh, treated you well and then treated you badly. It was juggling the for me the performances of Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott, who I had on almost every team, and they mostly were awesome. But there were sometimes when you'd start yeah. one, they had a good matchup, and the other one had a, a bad one, and like you know uh, Dak just threw for however many points against Buffalo last week while Tyler did the bet. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the fact that my, my disappointment is is Latavius Murray. Um, and Clark, I think that this plays in really well with everything that you just said. We talked about in the offseason, Evan Silva's drunken encounter. John Payton was was drunk um, when he looked Evan in the eye and said, Alvin Soft. And that's why he had never been giving him full workloads. And and I, we see now, like, you know, they, they really – tried to load his plate up and he got hurt and he hasn't really been that good this year, at least lately in the box score. And I just can't believe that they haven't opted to, to give Murray with 20s, like more touches for Latavius Murray seems to indicate more production for Alvin Kamara when he is fresh, mm-hmm. when he is healthy, he is much more effective. Yeah. My, um, my biggest disappointment and in, in my own head, I'm calling this award my number one boy award because even though he disappointed me, Alvin Kamara is still my number one boy and I love him. Um, but the only person on that Saints offense that seems to be eating is Michael Thomas. And that's because if you throw the football in his direction, he's going to bring it in. Um, Alvin Kamara is the number 12 running back in the ESPN leagues, which is like not anything to, you know, raise your nose up against, but as somebody who was a uh, top three pick, possibly top one, uh, especially if you picked him over guys like Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. or um, some of the other running back, even Leonard Fournette, uh, who I'll talk about in a minute. Um, it, it's just been a, a tough look because he's somebody that you would expect to um, have a little bit higher of a floor than what he's had. And, um, being the, the number one guy is, you know, you were expecting a little bit more, but maybe, you know, if it's true that he is soft, then it might be, especially for dynasty leagues, you know, already looking into the next season might be somebody you want to unload high. Uh, my, uh, I don't want to, ha- you know, step away from Alvin Kamara. I think he's certainly deserving of this award, but I also have to give some love, I guess, in a certain way to Odell Beckham. And I touched on him when we talked about the Browns offense, but he Odell is somehow with Baker Mayfield producing worse than he was with noodle arm, Eli Manning throwing 5 billion interceptions. So don't, I don't know how that pans out, but it seemed like a a lock surefire pick that as soon as Odell got out of the giants, that he was going to be even better than he was with the giants. And that has not proven to be true. And you, there's no way if you got Odell on your team that you didn't give up a King's ransom to get him both in either the draft or via trade. If you bought low on him thinking, well, he's got to get better at some point. Uh, And so he was a big disappointment to me because I had him on multiple teams and he let me down. So Odell, you deserve this award, but so does Alvin Kamara. I changed my answer because the correct one is Odell Beckham Jr. We were talking about whether or not you, you like had in his range of outcomes randy moss's record we thought like it, <laughs> i remember having that exact discussion on the podcast being like could odell break randy moss's like, single season yeah. record we should bank on it but like i don't know maybe he could score 23 tds the problem is that nick chubb might do that it's like <laughs> we should yeah, no, it's, we should like uh yeah, we should get drunk and listen to our old podcast about the Browns. And just be like, <laughs> wow, these are preposterous takes that we are throwing out right now. 
No, I mean, it, the, the process was so right. We just didn't realize that Freddie Kitchens was a fucking donkey. And did, I, did you guys see the, the interview that came out uh, like a month ago of one of his assistants? Where, like all of his assistants, just he just cleaned house, kicked them all out. And this guy was like, yeah, we all ran his fucking offense. And he like details what him and I think it was two or three other assistants did. But he basically was like, he did this, I did this, like, Kitchens did nothing when he oh, took over. No, he he right. delegated like a mastermind, and then so that he wouldn't have power struggle, he fired all of them, and then didn't give Todd Monken any say over the offense. Like, oh what are we God. doing? What are we doing here, Browns? Let's let's keep let's keep being the jokes and the butts of the NFL. Why don't we? Yeah, despite all the uh, the Baker slander I was slinging around just before, you thought that. And they have been better than the New York Giants of last year and the year before. And Baker has still been better than Eli Manning, who has been, you know, propped up on post behind the center and still throwing the football. But it was still not good for Odell, which is just, I don't know, you expected more. Yeah, the grass is not always greener on the other side, apparently. What I find so funny here is that, Clark, you are the one who I remember being very anti-Browns. Like, every time we talk about Browns, you'd be like, you know, I hate to say this. And, Clark, you're all over the place, man. You're saying that you didn't like them, but that also they were going to win nine games? Yes. See, if you talk out of both sides of your mouth, then... (laughs) One of those sides is going to be right. You nailed it. I was looking at my old ranks, and I remember being down on Odell, and I have him as my wide receiver three. At number eleven, and I remember people saying that I was down on oh, Odell. No. God, so I, it's our expectation. I mean, I was wrong too. Him. I thought wide receiver three—that's amazing. I just yeah. thought for sure there's no way that someone could mess this up. Uh, but, All right, before entered the Cleveland Browns, we some of us actually should probably put Juju on this list. Mm. So I but thought he would have been—he would have been on my Denny Green list. I forgot about him. Yeah. That was, that was, we were pretty, we were, Clark certainly was on the juju train from the get-go. Well, so I don't like, I take no pride in being right for the wrong reasons, right? So I picked juju to be like the wide receiver six and near drafts, everyone started saying how that was unimaginable. Clark, you were lower. Take you had him in like the teens. You got this right. You had him lower than Stop being modest, Clark. Yeah, we had him at six. Get out of here. Wide receiver 17. Okay, sorry. (laughs) That's that's much better. Yeah, yeah, so... uh, So modest. I don't want to be right for the wrong reasons, right? Like, two of his quarterbacks got hurt. He missed a couple of games, and so... That's not why I thought Juju was going to be a middling performer. So, yeah, take no pride in that. All right. The final award will end on a high note. Spider Super 10. Don't ever go back and look at your rings. That's a bad idea. (laughs) That's a bad practice. The final award for our, uh, for the Farties, the Fantasy Football Awards for the year show, uh, we have. The Dale Earnhardt Victory Lap Award. This distinguished award can only rightfully be bestowed by oneself, to oneself, and for oneself. Nicholas, start us off. Who are you taking a victory lap over? I I went back and forth on this between guys like Miles Sanders, who, you know, his yardage was always kind of there, but he's really kind of coming into his own now, or Devin Singletary. But I think I'm just going to be obvious with this um see i i I built myself up just now and now i'm gonna give that's a great that's Um, a classic nick move i'm gonna give other examples about how good i am and then be like but you know this is the real one i love it yeah uh now people are more impressed than they expected they would be (laughs) uh i i had gershaw mccaffrey as the overall running back one it since like may and um I mean, that's what he is. But like the comparison, I kept saying, like he is, he is our age, Ladainian Tomlinson. That is what he is. Don't bother picking. Like you're, you're fine if you want to pick the other ones, but I would very much recommend not doing that. Go get Christian McCaffrey. Um, Eddie's been incredible, and uh, now you know next year he probably should be picked at like running back twelve because his legs are just gonna fall off. 
how how is the uh how is the thousand and thousand pace going are we are we approaching it is it possible McCaffrey is at 1167 yards rushing and 644 receiving mm. according to FF today okay well it, what it's is still he... possible if he switches to strictly receiver for the next couple of games yeah he's on pace to finish with 859 receiving yards which is uh sadly uh mm-hmm. quick math 141 yards short honestly he the dude could absolutely go like over 100 yards receiving per game um the i think the the bigger question is probably just will the panthers be want to do playing that. him right yeah right no since i can see him not playing season. in week 17 yeah which is good to know from a fantasy standpoint week 17 come on Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, Jordan, who is who are you taking a victory lap for? Uh, well, I've been taking a season-long victory <laughs> lap for <laughs> for Will Disley, but you know that that's just me because I'm sad that he got hurt. Um, so anyway, I will settle for Leonard Fournette winning this award. Um, in the beginning of the season, I was like, you know what? Let's just go in on Leonard Fournette, buying a little bit that he is in um, good shape and will be healthier than he has been. Um, I liked that at the time, uh, this isn't true now, but at the time I was like, Nick Foles is an upgrade for sure over Blake Bortles. So um, that play action play calling that they brought in there will benefit Leonard Fournette. And if he truly was working on his uh, pass catching, which I mean, it looked like he has over the course of the season. Um, that he was just going to be better. Uh, did not see mustache mania coming in and um, helping ease the load off of Leonard Fournette um, from carrying the team. But he's um, Fournette's currently um, the RB8, I believe, in ESPN League. So he's higher than Alvin Kamara, um, who we talked about before. And it's good value if you got him in the second or third round, um, which I don't think he... I mean, he might have been people's RB1s drafted in the first round, but he definitely wasn't for me. Um, he hasn't, like, broken the league by any means. He hasn't had any sort of great Christian McCaffrey, like, oh, my God, did you see what he just did games. But he's had a really high floor, and he's virtually been a workhorse running back in a league where those aren't a thing anymore. So he's been very good. I'm enjoying my Leonard Fournette season. Yeah. Yeah, I have him in every uh, all leagues but one where I couldn't acquire him uh, via trade. Uh, I'm awesome. Uh, what were you saying? <laughs> oh, no, I was just saying, I was saying that he's, yeah, he's been great. He's took a little bit of time for him to get, you know, the gears running again, but he's had, he's had, he reminds me a lot of Derrick Henry in ter- this season in the sense that, like, he kind of gets, takes a little bit of time into the season for him to get rolling and now that he's rolling full like he's just you know rattling off big time fantasy performances maybe i should have gone with derrick henry instead of christian mccaffrey because oh. I, I was right about him too all right about him weren't you weren't you nicholas <laughs> derrick henry the adonis of football <laughs> who you would ever bad mouth derrick henry nobody i mean i think no. we all saw that one coming <laughs> Clark, who's uh, who are you taking a victory lap for? I appreciate you guys being so polite and saving this one for us to celebrate. But it's it's Lamar Jackson. I Come think on. the narrative that I've seen start to float around out there is that everyone knew Lamar Jackson was going to be the Bitch, man that he's please. become. Bullshit. He was going in like the ninth and tenth rounds of drafts. People were talking about his playoff game and his rushing in his rookie season as if that's all that he was ever going to be. And he is now the QB one that you got for free. And that, you know, like we're not an incredibly disagreeable podcast, but you know, Nick mentioned Leonard Fournette and Derrick Henry. Like I thought he was just wrong on those guys. I'm like, we know who they are. They're not great. And they're going to continue to not be great. Uh, But we were all on board with Lamar Jackson being fantastic. Uh, And so, uh, that one's just been so much fun to watch all year. So much fun. Uh, and next would, year, I'm just, I've learned my lesson. No disagreeing with Nick about running backs. So. I would like to. Uh, I'm good at. 
I would like to read you guys a, a caption from an article I wrote back in August, August 28th, 2019. This is my top five league winners. And at the very bottom, going at QB 13, ADP ninth round with the eighth pick in it as the time that I wrote this, Lamar Jackson. There is 37.4% of me that believes Jackson will be the QB one this year. So watch out to all you crazy people spending a second round pick on Patrick Mahomes. And the great thing is there's an ellipsis between there because there's a whole bunch of more crap I wrote. And the great thing is that he's cheap enough that you can draft him as your QB two. So there's really no excuse not to draft him. Don't let him fall into someone else's team. You'll regret it. Round of applause to this podcast for being on the Lamar Jackson hype train from the get-go. Everyone else who pretends that this was like some foregone conclusion that everyone knew Lamar was going to be even a top five fantasy quarterback is lying out of their asshole. We were the ones who were on it. There were, I'm sure, other smart fantasy heads who were on it too, but we have been on it forever and we deserve to take this victory lap. Yeah, we were not alone, but we were not the majority of fantasy fans either. So I had somebody um, post to me on Twitter um, because I was talking about Lamar Jackson, of course, and uh, I was going to shout his name out, but his name is just numbers, um, which is not like actual digits. It's just the word numbers. Um, I Somehow that's even better. He said he benched Lamar Jackson this week in favor of Mahomes and yada yada conversation devolved into like oh well that's great that you have Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes that's good drafting and or trading and he's like well neither I picked up Lamar off the waivers after week one from the clock and I'm like that just further proves the point that nobody in the beginning of the season believed in Lamar Jackson as much as they do now I think a lot of people are trying to save face by now saying well look at Lamar Jackson or like Oh, only uh, Booger McFarlane and Bill Polian right. were the ones saying that Lamar Jackson should play wide receiver. No, we had an entire news cycle for several months about Lamar Jackson and how people were, you know, either questioning whether or not he can play quarterback in the NFL or telling people that he should switch to wide receiver. I, he's a tremendous athlete, and I'm sure he would excel at several positions on a football field. But Lamar Jackson is a quarterback through and through. And, I mean, shout out to this podcast for being one of the only people um, or one of the only groups of people that saw it. And, again, I want to bring up my Cleveland Browns point again, is that people were tending to gestate between the AFC North champion being Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers. I picked the Baltimore Ravens because I believed in Lamar Jackson that much. Shades on for Jack's capital. End of this is a good egogasm podcast we got going here. But um, why do you think you have these award shows? <laughs> uh, pardon my uh, my anti mainstream media fervor here, um, but the revisionist history going on with Lamar Jackson, with people saying that like, no, 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 not there weren't actually very many of us that oh that he just was positions or that he like couldn't develop as a quarter. Like it's such we, hot garbage. We see you. It's All insane. of you are saying that, no, he didn't say it either. Did, did, did you, no, I didn't say that. Like, shut the fuck up. You guys fucked up. You didn't yep. do your jobs well. Yep. Everybody else fucked up. And, and st- like, I'm sick and tired of Albert Breer, one, being in my life at all, but two, <laughs> doing this, like, mea culpa for every man in media all the fucking time. People were wrong about this, and they deserve to be shamed publicly for it. Well, I prefer to say it's okay to be wrong, we're guessing about predicting the future. You should just admit when you're wrong and try to learn from it. What is yeah. shameful is when you act like it didn't happen and that yeah. you're perfect. That's a friggin' shame. I've already cursed a lot on the pod, so. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I've been keeping it cool lately. Thanks. I'm picking up your slack. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that explicit rating. Yeah. Predicting the future you- is hard. Don't act like you're right all the time. Right. It is infuriating. And we're talking about sports and this happens all the time in all of our media. And you know we we talked about our awards for players that disappointed us because guess what? At the start of the season, we got on this podcast and we said, "Hey, X person is going to do super well." And now we're sitting here, thirteen weeks later, saying, "Guess what? 
we fucked up. We fucking said Odell Beckham was going to beat Randy Moss's touchdown record. I have a distinct memory of this conversation of me being like, it could happen. And it, it entirely did not. And I mind-bogglingly did not believe that Kyle Rudolph was the person fucking <laughs> Nobody's perfect, Nick. It's okay. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, there you go. Those are that's come to the conclusion to the farties, 2019 farties. Uh, hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We will be back at you on Thursday to cover the what are week 14 starts and sits. Got to get you not only into the fantasy playoffs, but now you got to be winning fantasy playoffs. So we'll help you there. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. The Hill Nine Yards Fake Teams Podcast channels where you'll find us. Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. You can follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Uh, follow Clark at NFL Clark, Jordan at Jordan Smith, Jordan underscore Smith 27, and Nick G- at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a big K. It's been a while since I've had to do that. We will be back at you Thursday. Until then. Peace.